Well, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to the letter of 3rd John, the third letter of John. And uh, we have uh, just been working right through the letters of John, starting, if you remember, uh, back on 1st John, working verse by verse through that, and then last week into 2nd John, and this morning we'll be looking at 3rd John. 3rd John, I've entitled the passage this morning, Imitate What is Good. Let's look at this letter together. You can follow along at your seats as I read. Verse 1, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. This letter of 3rd John is written by the Apostle John and the date of this letter is said to be around the same time as the first and second letters of John somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 to 95 AD. Again this is a letter that John was writing in the case of the previous letter while he was at Ephesus it is believed and later on in his life. Now the audience here is very clear John is specifically writing to an individual Gaius. He proclaims that at the very outset of his letter in verse 1, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Uh, one pastor commentator says, nothing is known of this individual, Gaius, beyond John's salutation, from which it is inferred that he was a member of one of the churches under John's spiritual oversight. It is believed that this Gaius was one that was a member of one of the churches under John's spiritual oversight and obviously someone that John cared greatly for and felt responsibility for the spiritual well-being of and even looked at as a spiritual child to him, someone that he was a spiritual father to. It's interesting as we see this brief letter, we're going to notice a number of things. The elder John, who loves and cares for the church of God, the people of God, and the message of the gospel and the preaching of this life message of the gospel, was writing to one of his spiritual children, Gaius, with commendation, with warning, and with recommendation. 
commendation for Gaius' testimony, warning regarding another individual within the church, and recommendation to follow the example of yet another within the church. That's where we want to begin by looking at these three individuals that are mentioned in John's letter, this brief letter. Warren Wearsby says of the letter of 3 John, this little letter gives us a glimpse into an early assembly, its people and its problems. As you read this brief letter, you find yourself saying, times have not changed very much. We have similar people and problems today. I know no one here believes there are any problems within the church, but there are at times. And most of the time when there are problems within the church, believe it or not, it has to do with people. And sometimes, even though we might not want to admit it, those quote-unquote people may be you or I when it comes to some of the problems within the church. And so as we read this letter today, John is writing with some very specific intent. John is going to, again, command one of these brothers that he writes about. He's going to also give a warning about an individual within the church that was causing problems and causing dissension. And he's also going to give a recommendation regarding another brother that was within the church to follow after and to model after. And so I want to look at these three men briefly this morning as we begin. Let's begin with Gaius, the individual that John makes very clear that he's writing this letter to. Very clearly, as we've already mentioned, Gaius was someone that was loved by John. He calls Gaius in verse 1, the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Whom I love in truth. Verses 1 through 8 give us really a look at Gaius's life. It really gives us some uh, insights as far as who this individual was and why John loved him so, and why John was so thankful for this individual's life. Again, look at what he says uh, in regards to Gaius's life. Look at verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Most believe that John is writing that particular phrase to say, just as your spiritual health is so healthy and positive and good right now, I pray also that your physical health will go well with you. Some believe that Gaius may have had some physical ailments and that John is praying for Gaius that not only is he spiritually healthy, but he's praying for his physical health. I want you to consider that for a moment. What might that look like for our lives? If, you know, most of the time people are praying and saying, hey, I'm praying that you are spiritually healthy just as you maybe are physically healthy. I pray that your spiritual health would match your physical health. And here's what John is saying here. Gaius, your spiritual health is good. And I'm praying that your physical health would match your spiritual health. But clearly this was an individual that was spiritually healthy and someone who was following after the Lord. Look at verse 3. I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. If you remember last week, one of the challenges that we saw from John's second letter was that the believer in Christ is to be walking in the truth. And John says of Gaius here, I'm rejoicing greatly. Why? Because I have heard of your testimony before the Lord and that you are walking in the truth. You have a positive testimony amongst the brothers and you are walking in the truth. And that's where John echoes what we've already seen in the letter of 2 John, that there's no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking 
in the truth. And again, you know that as a spiritual parent to anyone that you've invested spiritually into. You know that as a parent physically to your children, that there is no greater joy than to know and to hear and to see your children walking in the truth. And John echoes that here when he speaks of Gaius. Now with each of them, these individuals that are mentioned in this letter, I, I think it's important to understand that John is, is painting a picture, kind of setting the tone for our understanding of each of these men. And so for each one of them, I, I thought it might be helpful to kind of illustrate how each one is portrayed in this letter. Uh, all claiming to be followers of Jesus Christ, all claiming to serve Christ, and yet uh, each one had something different that John would relate about them, in particular to Gaius and even about Gaius. And so Gaius, I, I see as a spiritual child to John, as someone that John is wanting to give instruction to. So if you would think of it in regards to uh, the business world or in regards to the working world or working environment, uh, imagine, if you will, Gaius as either a junior salesman or a employee of a company who maybe isn't too far along in that and yet is someone who has been very faithful in carrying out the responsibilities and duties that are before them. Someone who is learning and is growing, someone who is watched clearly because John says that the brothers watched him and brought a positive report about him back to John uh, because they saw him walking in the truth. He's someone that John is commending, but he's also someone a little later on in our letter that John is going to commend and challenge to model his life after another brother who is following Christ. And so I kind of look at Gaius as this uh, believer in Jesus Christ, whether or not a new believer or not, we're not told, but he does seem to be someone who would be representative of a junior salesman or, or young employee who those on the upper echelon of authority would be invested in, care for, and want to see succeed. But he was someone who obviously had a testimony amongst the brothers that were reporting back to John. And John is now commending him, and John is encouraging him, and John is rejoicing greatly because he's following after Christ, and he's walking in the truth. I'll tell you, that would be a positive testimony for any one of us in this room this morning, wouldn't it? What an incredible testimony that would be no matter how far along you are in your walk with God, no matter how long or how short of a season you've been a follower of Christ. But oh, what an amazing testimony to know that those that know you best, those that know me best would be confident that we are walking with Christ, that we are walking in the truth. That the truth and the message of the gospel, that the truth that has transformed our lives, that the truth that has transformed your life and my life is that which we are known for and known by. And yet, when we hear of such a testimony, and when we see of such a testimony, sometimes aren't we just amazed at that? Because sadly, it is not all that common to see. And John is going to commend the beloved Gaius. And he's going to let Gaius know that Gaius has given John cause to rejoice greatly. Because he is walking in the truth. He's testifying of the truth. He is walking in the truth. And that is known to all. That is known to all. Now, it's interesting because... Verses 5 
through 8, John is going to give us even some insights as to what it was that Gaius was doing as it relates to the ministry that Gaius had a part in in the church that he found himself in. Let me explain. Look at verses 5 and 8 again. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Most believe that that John is referencing here are believers, brothers in Christ, who were taking the message of the gospel out. They were leaving their homes and their possessions and their things with the message of the gospel in hopes of transforming the world for Jesus Christ. And Gaius was one that was within the church that was welcoming the brothers that were traveling through in, helping to provide and care for them, showing hospitality to them, and sending them out with great hospitality as they went about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to consider for a moment, if you rewind back to the first letter of John, and John said that this is how the world will know that we are followers of Christ. They will know we are Christians. They will know that we love Christ and love God by our love for what? One another. By our love for the brothers, right? John would go so far in the first letter of John to say that if anyone says that he loves God but does not love his brother, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. And what we see on display in Gaius' life is a walking in the truth. And one way that we see that, that John specifically references here, is in his love for the brothers who are passing through in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love that. I love that John tells us in 1 John that the way that we walk in the truth is to keep his commandments. The way that we walk in the truth is to love the brothers. That if we say we love God and we love the truth, then we should love one another. And John now, in the third letter of John, is commending a follower of Christ, a child in the faith, Gaius. And he's commending him for walking in the truth. And then he specifically even tells us how that's happening. By Gaius' love and care and hospitality for the brothers who are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's commending him. He's telling him that he should be commended. And it's cause for John to rejoice because it is a faithful thing, he says, you do in all of your efforts, verse 5, for these brothers. Strangers as they are. You see, these were not individuals necessarily that Gaius knew. They were not brothers in Christ that Gaius necessarily knew and cared for previously, but they were fellow workers for the cause of Jesus Christ. And he was caring for them, and he was providing for them, and he loved them. You know, that's one of the things that if you've ever traveled overseas doing any kind of missions work or any kind of work with the gospel of Christ and interacting with brothers and sisters around the world that never gets old is the camaraderie and joy and the fellowship that is immediately felt between brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. That there's so much of that. So much of that. Uh, Even with Steve Larson's video in Myanmar, I remember Pastor Butch and I had an opportunity to travel into Myanmar some time ago, it was either two years ago, I believe, that we went and we were doing some uh, theolo- theological training for some of the pastors there. 
it, had never met these individuals before in our lives, and yet from the moment that we met them and hugged them, embraced them, shook hands with them, sat with them, ate with them, talked with them, it was as though we had known each other for so long. Just the immediate camaraderie and joy and love that is felt between believers. In our church planner training in China, as we traveled into uh, Thailand and Chinese church planner training with these church planners that had come in, by the end of one week of training, in the time that we would be leaving, we always had a final kind of wrap-up session where each one would come up and we would just embrace and hug. And tears would be there because of brothers and sisters that are serving Christ around the world, and yet the joy knowing that one day we will all be rejoicing and worshiping in heaven together again. There's something about that camaraderie and joy and love between the believer in Christ that just cannot be broken. You see, John is commending Gaius here because that is the kind of love and commitment and care that he has shown to the believer in Christ that it was passing through And John was commending him for that. So Gaius is one of these individuals that I would liken to a junior salesman or employee, someone who is doing right and and he's desiring to do right and he's commended for his doing right by those that would see him and know him and someone that is being cared for. This second individual we'll see is Diotrephes in verses 9 and 10, Diotrephes. And I would relate Diotrephes in a similar way as far as for illustrative purposes as that guy that wants to be the manager or boss, but he's not. The individual that maybe that you know that you work with or have worked with or the individual that is always talking about what those in authority are doing wrong and how he could do it so much better and wasn't even doing his own responsibilities as he should wants and desires to be the guy, but he just is not and will not be that individual. Let me explain. Look at verses 9 and 10. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Diotrephes. Diotrephes. Not a man that we as believers in Christ should have any desire to follow. Nor was it someone that John would desire Gaius to follow. And John made that abundantly clear. He calls him out by name. And he tells us about Diotrephes. He was rebellious to the authority of John and others. He was obviously prideful, putting himself first. He was spreading lies concerning John, who was greatly respected and revered as an elder and as a follower and apostle of Jesus Christ. In contrast to Gaius, John makes it very clear that Diotrephes was someone who would not support those brothers that were passing through and ministering the gospel. And not only was he talking wickedly against John, but he was even demonstrating wickedness to the brothers that needed him in the church and also desiring to put out of the church those that would desire to help these brothers that were passing through. Again, the man that would desire authority, desire a position of authority, but didn't have it, nor would he get it, that was there as someone to spread lies, as someone to cause dissension, 
and as someone that John said if he were to come in person, he would call out and address the matter because it needed to be addressed. Now, I want to pause for a moment because just at this point, we have two individuals that have been mentioned. Gaius, who was walking in the truth and demonstrating love and care for the brothers who had a testimony of truth amongst all the brothers that knew him. And we have Diotrephes, the one that was causing dissension, that was causing dissension amongst the brothers, that was speaking ill of John and the other leaders, who was doing the opposite of demonstrating love and care for the brothers that were serving Christ and was even trying to put a halt to that and put out of the church those that would desire to do that. And I want to ask this morning to we as the church, where do we fall in line with those two individuals today? Are we those as believers in Christ that are eager to serve, to love, to walk in the truth, to support and care for one another, to support, care, and follow the leaders that God has raised up in the church? Or are we those that our desire is to consistently and constantly cause dissension in the church? Because John is giving a warning here. And that quote that we began with from Warren Wearsby, I felt was so appropriate. Let me read it again. This little letter gives us a glimpse into an early assembly, its people, and its problems. As you read this brief letter, you find yourself saying, times have not changed very much. We have similar people and problems even today. And oh, that we as believers in Christ would be more aligned with the testimony of Gaius than the testimony of Diotrephes. And yet both remain, don't they, even today in the church that follows Jesus Christ. There's a third individual that John would mention, and that is Demetrius. And he's mentioned briefly in verses 11 and 12. He says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I relate, relate Demetrius to that employee of the month or that individual who is the one that when there is a new employee does all of the training because they do it right. John is going to lift Demetrius up in the eyes of Gaius as the one that should be imitated. He begins by the introduction of Demetrius in verses 11 into verse 12 where he says, Beloved, don't imitate evil but what is good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone. He's putting Demetrius' name and Demetrius' following after God and the good that Demetrius was doing right in the context of imitating that which is good and not that which is evil. You see, John is showing Demetrius as one that should be followed, as one that should be imitated, as one that is walking as well in the truth. Verse 12, he says that he has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. Demetrius was one who was walking in the truth. He was an example for Gaius to follow. Don't miss what he says in verse 11. Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Very similar wording to John in his first letter where John makes it very clear that the one who says that he loves Christ, that he loves Jesus, that he's in Christ and yet does not do what he says is a liar and the truth is not in him. Whoever does what is good is from God and whoever does what is evil has not seen God. 
Gaius, Diotrephes, Demetrius, two individuals that were following Christ in one that was causing dissension within the body of Christ. Two individuals that were commended and that were walking in the truth in one individual that was trying to soil the truth. Two individuals who were demonstrating, no doubt, love in their words and their actions for the brothers And one individual who was doing the direct opposite of that, trying to put them out of the church as they were serving Christ. Imitate, follow, do what is good and not what is evil. After looking at these three men that John has introduced us to, I believe there really are five kind of takeaways that we can see from this short letter that I briefly want to go over this morning. Number one, Believers in Christ should be walking in the truth. This is a phrase that you have heard before and that is repeated yet again. And I believe John repeats this again as he has in his previous letters where he says that you are walking in the truth. The guy is in verse 3 and that there's no greater joy than to know that our children are walking in the truth. As believers in Christ, there should be no doubt about it. We should be walking in the truth. And I believe a question that would go with that point this morning is that if you and I as believers in Christ, if we claim to know Christ and follow Christ, and yet we would not be found guilty of walking day in and day out in the truth, why not? What is hindering us from walking, living in the truth that is in Jesus Christ? Because it's very clear as believers that should mark our lives. Number two, believers in Christ should be fellow workers for the truth. In verses 5 through 8, Gaius demonstrated this. And and John would commend him because he said that in caring for the brothers and caring for those and supporting those that were taking the gospel, in verse 8, we are fellow workers for the truth. Believers in Christ should be fellow workers for the truth. Listen, we are in this together as followers of Christ. You and I as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ should be unified about the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're in this together, hand in hand, partnered in the gospel of Jesus. And so we should be fellow workers for the truth. We should find great joy in that and confidence in that and courage in that, encouragement in that. And that's why it's so vitally important as believers in Christ that we never forsake assembling together in Christ. That's why it's so vitally important that as believers in Jesus Christ, we carry out all of these one another's that God has laid out in his word for us to encourage one another daily, to pray for one another, to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to forgive one another. All of these things we must do as fellow workers for the truth. Number three, believers should not imitate what is evil. This really shouldn't have to be said, right? And yet it needs to be said even today. John needed to say it. He needed to remind Gaius and those that would read this letter, do not imitate what is evil. Believer today, if your life or my life is imitating that which is evil in the way that we live, we need to make a change today. Because as believers in Christ, we are not to imitate what is evil. But number four, believers should imitate what is good. 
imitate what is good. Number five, believers should have a good testimony that is known to all. What a sad thing to hear stories of individuals who have worked for 25 years alongside of a coworker, and that coworker never even knew that they were a believer in Jesus Christ for 25 years. What a sad testimony and story to know that there are some of us who rub shoulders with family or friends on a daily basis, and they never once hear from our mouth the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believers should have a good testimony that is known to all, not only in our actions, but our words and the motivations of our hearts. We're to be marked by love. We're to be marked by truth. We're to be known as those that walk in the truth, as those that are proclaiming the truth, as those that are defending the truth. John commends Gaius for walking in the truth. He recommends Diotrephes as one who does good and is walking in the truth. And he warns, he warns Diotrephes as the one who was not following or walking in the truth. Might you and I have a testimony that is known to all as those who walk, love, and preach the truth for the glory of our great God. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning again for the example we have in your word. We're thankful for the message of the gospel that has transformed our lives. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have given us everything we need to be able to walk in the truth. Thank you for the spirit of God. Thank you that you have made us a new creation in Christ. I pray that every one of us as believers today would be found guilty of walking in the truth. For your glory, for your honor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.